Hey, welcome to the Good Life Podcast. I am David B. Foster, your host. Uh, make sure if someone sent this to you or shared it with you that you are subscribed so you can hear the latest of our podcast. Also, make sure if you are a Memphian, if you um, love all things Memphis, tune in to my other podcast. So, Memphis is my co-host and brother, friend, Dante Pryor. Got some uh, new content coming your way that should be out at the same time as this podcast. All right. Um, Also, make sure you connect with me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, TikTok. I hope that you can connect with me there, YouTube. And it'll um, it'll be great, and I would appreciate your support. So today I'm going to talk about there's a class that um, that I do did a couple of times. Um, I want to just do a condensed version of it. It's called six steps. Six steps to unlock a more successful you. Six steps to unlock a more successful you. So there are six different types of education that I have identified. And these different types of education are going to determine a person's mindset. It's going to determine a person's motivation. And it's going to ultimately determine a person's money. Number one, academic education. Right? Um, those, it's academic um uh, education that you receive from a book or, you know, that you receive a degree for, uh, academic. Uh, secondly, you have professional education. There's education you receive like on, on a job or in a career. Um, but it's a set environment where you receive a education to perform or to carry out a specific um, task and you are given or you have a particular skill set. Number three, financial education. And this education you learn about anything financially, whether it's um, how to budget, how to manage your money, how to invest, how to uh, make your money grow, how um, how to um, increase your money through insurance. So that's financial education. Um, number four, spiritual education. This is education you learn about spiritual things and spirituality. In my case, it would be um, Christianity. And so, this is the education you learn about those things. Metaphysical, but it can it can come in various ways, um, depending on your religious background, beliefs. All right. Number five, street education. Street education, right? And I like to call this the school of hard knocks. And so a person can receive street education without actually having been in the streets or live a street life or without having grew up in a particular neighborhood or in a impoverished or urban community. You can still receive a street education. And one way you can receive it goes into number six, is a familiar 
education or education you receive from your family, a person can learn street principles or uh, the hard knock principles from the family and people they're around. Um, and so the familiar education is important because that is your environment. And depending on how long you are engulfed in a particular family subset, that would determine your way of thinking. And a lot of times people receive a that familiar education first and then academically, professionally, financially, spiritually, and and sometimes street breaks the bond that you have with that familiar education or it either reinforces it, depending, right? But Whatever your education is, like I said, that education is going to determine your mindset. It's going to determine your motivation. And it's going to determine, ultimately, your money. All right? So, number one, six steps to unlock a more successful you. Step one, find you a mentor. All right? Find you a mentor. And you and a great mentor it's going to be doing two things, right? Not just a good mentor, but a great mentor, right? A great mentor is going to be someone who is doing something you want to do, number one, but also they're doing something that you're not doing. I know there could be a lot of other things we can look at. We can try to see who's checked this box, who's got this many followers on social media, who's verified. You know, they're paying for verification now. So, I mean, um, who has this many uh, mentees already or who has this size church, who has this size company, right? And all those things may weigh on your decision to have a mentor, but a mentor t- should be doing something you want to do, and then they should be doing something you're not doing, right? Let's say you want to get into real estate, right? Your mentor, first of all, should be doing real estate, right? Uh, not just talking about it, right? Not just able to articulate it, but they should actually be doing the work, right? Whatever case that may be, selling, investing, um wholesaling, whatever you want to get into real estate-wise. But also, they should be doing something in real estate that you're not doing. So if you want to sell a house, you need to be finding somebody who's already selling the house. If you want to invest in real estate, find out what they're investing in, right? And if you're having a mentor, especially in this day and age where people are paying for mentorship, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But what I'm saying is that you need to be um, asking your mentor for their resume, right? Or as the young people say, for their receipts. How many houses do you own? How many houses do you have in your name? How many houses have you sold, right? And find out these types of things because I believe when you're choosing a mentor, that should be an interview process 
that's reciprocated. Your mentor is probably going to want to mentor, uh, interview you. And then you as a mentee, you should want to interview your mentor. Right? Open Winfrey said it like this. A mentor is someone who allows you to see the hope inside of yourself. If your mentor doesn't give you hope, if your mentor doesn't inspire you, if your, if your mentor does not motivate you, if your mentor doesn't encourage you, you need to find a new mentor. <laughs> right? If they're not, if they're constantly uh, um, berating you or they're constantly um, downing you or they're constantly, um, you know, causing you to feel um, discouraged, you need to find a new mentor, right? And if you pay money, that may just be money you invested and in, that you have to learn and look. Don't look at the loss, look at the lesson and say, okay, I, I invested this money in the wrong person, right? But this is going to help you with these two things. Find you somebody who's doing something you want to do, right? And find somebody who's doing something that you are not doing, right? One is connected to two, and two is connected to one. Just because a person is successful does not mean they should be your mentor, right? And a lot of times people are inspired by people who are successful, and but that's not what God's called you to do, right? You can learn from somebody. Paul said that we have many teachers uh, in this life. So you can learn from anybody. You can learn from... The Bible talks about ants, right? You can learn from the wisdom of an ant, but you, <laughs> you you don't need to be mentored by ant, right? No. You can't, right? And so that is what you need to take into account. And then you need to be able to... Um, your mentor needs to be accessible and they need to be tangible, Right? A lot of times, these people are not tangible. They're not accessible. And I really didn't want to get too deep into this, but um, Elijah was Elisha's mentor. And Elisha followed Elijah everywhere he went, right? Now, who else had that same model? Jesus, right? Jesus, he went... Him and his disciples went everywhere, right? And here's another thing that can help you, right? Sometimes we rush in too quick, and we just need to have patience and perseverance. Why? Because Jesus chose his disciples. Hmm. <laughs> That's going to mess a lot of these models up. Jesus chose his mentees, right? And now some mentees did choose Jesus because some people followed him, like Nicodemus and... Uh, Susanna, the wife of Chuza, um, different people. Um, but ultimately, Jesus did choose his uh, mentees, right? Number, that's number one. Number two, you need to let it flow. You need to let it flow, right? The most six steps to unlock a more success for you. You need to increase your streams of income, right? How do you slice your pie? Right? Do you slice your pie in four slices or do you slice your pie in 14 slices? Right? Do you slice your pie in two slices? Right? Here's what you need to understand. More pieces feed more people. 
That's good. More pieces feed more people, right? When you understand that, then you will go from a selfish mindset to a selfless mindset, right? Because when you are in a position to have multiple streams, it's not about what you need. It's about what others need. And when you put others before yourself, then you're putting yourself in a position to receive more. In other words, your income will determine your outcome. That's good. Your income is going to determine your outcome, right? Because we're living in a time where multiple streams of income is not just something that we want to do. It's something that we need to do. 50% of Americans do not have $400 in the bank, right? So some people may teach various things, you know, and I, I teach a lot of different things also, but people may say the issue is debt, right? No, it's not debt. Well, the issue is your expenses. No, it's not your expenses, right? The issue, the issue is your income, right? Because your income always determines your outcome. Your income determines the neighborhood you live in. Your income determines the type of food you eat. Your income determines the type of vacations you take. Your income determines the type of schools that your kids go to, right? I say this, your income can affect your health because, honestly, it's more expensive to eat healthy than it is to eat unhealthy, right? Now, some people say, well, it's not that expensive. Well, you can be frugal in your eating, which means you can buy in bulk or you can buy meals that you can use multiple things in. Like, for instance, you may buy avocados and you may use them three different ways that week. But you that means you're frugal. That doesn't mean that the items are less expensive, right? And so your income has a direct effect on your outcome, right? And so you need to increase the streams of income that are coming in. Number three, you need to have a rainy day fund. Now, I did not say you need to have a rainy day fund, F-U-N-D. You need to have a rainy day fund, F-U-N, right? And it starts by creating a savings plan. Now, this is not necessarily saying you need to put emphasis on savings account, because I'm going to talk about that in just a second. No, but this is that you need to have a savings plan, right? This is what I'm saying. Write this down. Don't just save for a rainy day. Save for a sunny day, right? Don't just save for an emergency. No, save because you want to experience something better or you want to reward yourself or you want to do something good for someone else. That is the way that you have to structure your savings plan, right? And there's various types of savings plans. I can go into that right now. Various types of savings account. But the key word is that there's a plan on how your money is coming in there's a plan on how your money is going out, right? 
God doesn't want you to live above your means, but he also doesn't want you to live below your means. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> that's good, right? God doesn't want you to live above your means, right? But he also does not want you to live beneath your means, right? This is what you need to do, right? You need to make sure that you're sowing as much as you're saving. Hmm. Put the emphasis on giving. And then guess what? Your giving will determine your living. High-class givers are always high-class livers, right? Because when you give, it's going to come back to you, right? Scripture says, Luke 68, give and it shall be given unto you, right? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. Now, there's a lot of words in that scripture, but guess what? All of it is null and void without their first word, give. When you give, you're more like God. Man, that's good. When you give, you're more like God. Well, why do we say that, right? Most, I think, famous scripture in the world. Um, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he, he gave, right? When you give, you're more like God, right? And so remember that. That's number three, right? And if offer a master class or something in the future take it i'm going to go i go more in detail with you and help you create a personalized plan with that uh number four uh the tur the tortoise versus the hare right there was a story about the tortoise and the hare uh it's an old um it's a wise fable or <coughs> fairy tale or children's story whatever you want to call it but it's about a race between a turtle and a, and a <clears throat> bunny rabbit. And the moral of the story is that <clears throat> eventually the turtle beats the bunny rabbit, even though the bunny rabbit is much faster. Why? Because the, tor the, the tortoise understands patience and perseverance, right? I learned this. I grew up in a family where... Everybody pretty much can cook. My mom, my dad, my brother, my wife, right? Everybody can cook. And I've learned through various holidays and cooking that slow meals are the best meals. <laughs> Ain't got no help right there, right? Slow meals are the best meals. And also this, slow meals are more sustaining than quick meals, Right? It's just what it is, right? Sometimes you may need a quick meal, you know. I'm not against that, but if you're going to really be talking about creating a wealth-building plan, right, you need to do it slowly, right? Understand this, that businesses are something that can allow you to be able to create a wealth-building plan. Right, so when you're thinking about having a business or going into business, <clears throat> don't don't focus in on the business. Focus in on the system, right? Because businesses go out of businesses, systems don't. That's good. No, businesses go out of business, systems don't. No, systems don't go out of businesses, but systems do evolve, right? 
McDonald's is not a business, it's a system. McDonald's has had several evolutions, and that's why they're still around, right? McDonald's went from, they used to be a, a drive-in place where you pull up to a speaker and order, and then they went to um, building restaurants where people would come in and get their food, and then they uh, built playgrounds, and they were focusing on, um, you, you know, had growing up, we had birthday parties at McDonald's, and then they evolved out of that, and, uh, you know, from the playgrounds to uh, Met Cafe, and they was focusing in on the coffee, and then they uh, evolved beyond that, and now they're automating their businesses. Uh, first, it was a, a small kiosk up, up front, but now they've launched their first fully automated restaurant. Why? Because McDonald's is not a business, it's a system. And so if you're going to build wealth, you're going to need to have a system, right? And not necessarily a business, right? Remember this about wealth building. Wealth building is a step-by-step plan. It's not a get-rich-quick scheme. Wealth building is a step-by-step plan. It's not a get-rich-quick scheme. Let me tell you five things that you focus on in wealth building. Like I said, I'm not going to go into detail here. But the number one thing you need to focus on in wealth building is not saving, right? No. It's your credit. Number one thing you need to focus on is credit, right? I'm not going to go into detail too, but it's very important. Number two, life insurance. Life insurance is the single most important investment that anybody can make, it can change a generation in a matter of seconds, right? Life insurance. Number three, debt. Number four, properly filing your taxes, right? And number five, you need to get you a trust, right? You need to have you a trust, right? All right. The fifth step to having a successful or becoming a more successful you. You need to turn your streams into rivers. Hmm. Turn your streams into rivers. Make your largest stream of income work for you. Right? What you want to do, I'm going to give you one of these points. I'm going to save the rest for later. Uh, no, one, one thing you want to do is this. You want to identify the service that you offer. Right? Especially if you're a bit, you are um, a business owner or entrepreneur, right? Um, or if you're a person that's looking to just create um, additional stream, what's the service that you offer, right? No, what do you really do, right? Uh, somebody may say, "Well, I'm a beautician," okay. Well, do you are you better at uh, installing weave? Are you better at making wigs? Are you better at um, doing braids? Are you better at threading eyebrows? Right? Or are you better at makeup? Right? See, a beautician is just uh, a profession, but when you get into the deep levels of it, you can find out what you really do when you understand what you're really good at, all right?
It's some good stuff, right? I'm telling you. All right, number six, last one. Success makes you sexy. Success makes you sexy. So, you know, you've seen some people, and they, uh, they said, oh, he, they, had, oh, they had a glow up, right? He had a glow up. She had a glow up, right? Well, the money makes a difference, right? Success makes you sexy. And they always say sex sales, right? Uh, you may see a hamburger commercial, but there's a woman on there washing the car in a bikini, and you're like, well, what does that have to do with hamburger, right? It's part of this subliminal message. But anyway, their job is to keep your attention because a human's attention span is very short, right, on average. So success makes you sexy. In other words, when people find out you're successful, they're going to want to be... Um, they're going to want to invest in you. They're going to want to do business with you. They're going to want to be mentored by you. They're going to want to be around you. They're going to want to um, um, do business with you because of the perceived success that you have. I'm telling you, I remember when I got my a, a particular car I got. Um, and I, I tell you, it was a it was a Porsche Panamera, right? I got a Porsche Panamera, right? I remember when I got that particular Porsche. Now, before that, I had a, uh, I had already bought an S550. And then we bought this Porsche Panamera. When I bought that Porsche Panamera, my business changed. It doubled. It doubled, I'm telling you. It doubled, right? Because at the time, I was one of the first people. Thank You know, God blessed me to be one of the first people to have this particular car, right? But I'm telling you, business change, right? The perception, they said perception is reality, right? What you perceive is what you see. It's true because people automatically, it didn't matter what I was doing, it didn't matter how much money I had in the bank, people perceive me to be successful by the uh, vehicle I was driving. And so I'm telling you, success makes you sexy. It, it makes you more attractive to people, all right? And like I said, I go more into this. I want to have this master class of this real soon. Um, but it really will be a blessing to a lot of people. When success makes you successful, remember this, you are a brand. You're a brand, right? And so think about what we're saying that not only are you being mentored, right? Now you can start to mentor, right? Right? Not only are you a mentee, you can start to find mentees, right? You have to understand you are a brand. I often tell my insurance team this look, people are not buying insurance because it's a great deal or it offers them that. Yes, it does that. Yeah, it provides benefits. Yes, it's going to take care of their family when they're gone. Yes, it's going to be able to pay this off. No, people are, people don't buy insurance. People buy you. People don't buy products. People buy people. Now, people don't buy products. People buy people. So you are a brand. And if you have, are, have not branded yourself in a way 
to where you're um, attractive. It doesn't matter what the sales pitch is and what the product is. People are not going to buy what you're selling because people don't want to necessarily have the product. People buy people. All right? So remember that. Look, the sixth step to you becoming successful. I hope you enjoyed this. Look, tune in to our next podcast. Look forward to sharing more with you. Uh, subscribe if someone shared this with you. If you already subscribed, guess what? Share this with somebody else. Peace out. And remember to live the good life.